0: Hey everyone, this is Let's Get Legal. It's powered by the Illinois State Bar Association. I'm John Hanson. Okay, we have a shortened show today due to the race. We're on until 2. We're going to be chatting with uh, Jeremy Geller from Trap and Geller about workplace injuries. And I know a lot of people say, I'm not going to get hurt at work, or maybe I got a little pain, but it's nothing. There are some steps you're going to want to take immediately, and let's hope it's nothing, but there's some important steps, and time is of the essence. We're going to talk with Jeremy about that, and do you remember a couple of weeks ago we were chatting uh, with uh, Jody Cohen uh, and Jennifer from the Chicago Tribune and ProPublica about – Tickets being issued to students from local police departments. Well, we have an update to that story after everyone was talking about it. Some schools are reversing the trend. And we do have a question of the day today. So let's see if we can get an answer here in this uh, short show. Here it is. 312-981-7200 is our phone number. And here's the question. While local jurisdictions did prosecute these crimes, until 1963, it was not a federal crime to do what so local jurisdictions used to prosecute these crimes and until 1963 it was not a federal crime to do what 312-981-7200. 312-981-7200. Hopefully we'll get an answer after this on WGN. 720 WGN here at 111 on a gorgeous Saturday afternoon in Chicago. Boy, we had some clouds earlier. Those have blown away, even a few sprinkles. Uh, but it looks so great right now outside of the 18th floor here where the river meets the lake. And this is Let's Get Legal, a show that focuses on stories in the week, and uh, we take a look at everything from a legal lens. That makes sense. That's the name of the show. <laughs> and our question of the day today, and by the way, you're going to get a $50 gift card to the 50-50 restaurant group, if you get this correct, is what local jurisdiction, or excuse me, while well, local jurisdictions did prosecute these crimes, until the 1960s, it was not a federal crime to do what? Let's go to Mary. Hey, Mary, you're on WGN hi how are you doing
1: um i'm fine thank you and you
0: i'm doing great thanks for asking
1: i i enjoy the um show and the network oh um i would like to see i think it's smash and grab smash and um, grab. Now they're making you know where they break the windows of a store and right. then run in and steal all the merchandise it's certainly in I the news they're making it i think they're making it a felony now and then maybe Kim Fox will prosecute some people. Well, that I would be refreshing.
0: I did hear that they are making that a felony. I know the state's doing that. But uh, and that's certainly in the news right now. It's not the answer to the question of the day, but it's a good guess, Mary. Thanks oh, for joining. To... Oh, yeah, that's OK. Okey-doke. It's still a uh, local jurisdiction crime smash and grab. But a good guess. Let's go to Don. Hey, Don, you're on WGN. Hi, Jen. How are you doing? I'm doing good. How's your day? okay I'm making chili, and the tears are running down my face anyway wait it, what, oh that's, that you're making the
1: I was like why I was are you
0: it. I was like why are you crying I'm like oh no now I get it you're making chili, and, it, and it's uh it's causing you to tear up okay <laughs> I was like what can I do for you Don well how can we make your day any better
2: <laughs> well I was thinking maybe um for women and men uh, that they should get equal pay this is equal pay
0: app. That's a great guess, right? Because they have definitely taken more standards and looks at how to make sure that women get paid the same as men. There's still a gap there. It's just not the answer to the question of the day, Dawn. I'm sorry. Okay, I'll try again. Yep. Thanks you, a lot. Um, have a good one. Yeah, you too. 312 Before we take this break, I did want to update this one story we talked about a couple weeks ago. Uh, If you remember, we were interviewing a few few folks from the Trib and ProPublica. We were actually interrupted by a tornado, so we didn't complete the whole conversation a couple weeks ago. Uh, But talking about how local school districts have been essentially punishing kids using their school resource officer, or the police department to actually ticket uh, students, right, for a couple of hundreds of bucks for, for truancy, for being late, for um, acting up in school. And there was a huge outcry about, is this the right thing to do? Well, Illinois' top financial official has now banned local governments from using the state program to collect debt from students who have been ticketed for truancy, and that would eliminate a burden for families struggling to pay steep fines because that was one of the things is that, Often the people that are getting fined can't pay these fines, and then they can be sent to collections that affects credit reports, all for acting up in school, right? And there should be punishments for acting up in school. But when you make it a police-involved uh, in- thing, it enters a whole new level. So other schools have also begun to scale back and reevaluate when to involve law enforcement in student discipline, including Bloom Trail High School and Steger. They said Thursday they're going to stop asking police to ticket students and uh, move to other methods of discipline. So we'll keep track of that uh, if that's going to be changing in the near future after that report from ProPublica and the Chicago tribune let's get one more guest to the question of the day dave how you doing dave oh i'm surviving with occasional moments of thriving but those moments are becoming more and more occasional it's always great to hear your little riddle at the top dave uh what's your guess my friend how about uh marijuana law
1: possession laws
0: interesting right the 60s you think that maybe that's when they would be a little bit more maybe enforced out a little bit more maybe they'd done it locally it's a great guess uh dave it's just not the answer to the question of the day i'm sorry
2: Close, but no cigar.
0: Yeah, it was Uh, a good one. You probably shouldn't be smoking those anyways either. That's true. Hey, Dave, have a good one, okay? You keep your powder dry, live
1: long and prosper, and may the force be with you.
0: I love when Dave calls in. Every week he's got a guess. He's going to get it right one of these times. Let's take a break, and we're going to talk to Jeremy Geller from Trap and Geller and maybe get a couple more answers to the question of the day after this on WGN. To the race. So you get another 40 minutes here of Let's Get Legal, powered by the Illinois State Bar Association. We'll get to Jeremy Geller in one moment, uh, but we are going to get one more guess to the question of the day. Local jurisdictions did prosecute these crimes. But until the 1960s, it was not a federal crime to do what? Let's go to Bob. Hey, Bob, how you doing? Hi, I'm doing very well. How are you? Good. What's your guess, my friend?
2: Um, It wasn't illegal to marry more than one person. Polygamy.
0: That's a great guess. I actually looked it up. Apparently, according to what I'm reading, the U.S. did ban polygamy in 1862. So the 1860s, not the 1960s. It's a good guess, though, Bob. Uh- all right. Have a good one. 312 If you got any guesses, we'll try and get some more of those as we go throughout the show today. But I'm very excited to welcome our next guest on the phone line, our first guest of the show, our only guest of the show today, Jeremy Geller from Trap and Geller. Jeremy, how you doing today? I'm doing well, John. How are you? I'm doing great. You know, I uh, before we talk about workplace injuries, I want to say I think it was our last conversation we had here in the studio about what to do after a car accident. And I tell you what, I have been repeating that information you've told me to. So many people, because the idea of like not talking too much about what you may have done or don't admit any culpability, because I think we have this Midwestern sensibility about us that we want to say, I'm sorry, it was my fault. But uh, I I don't think we quite realize that all of those things that we say can be used against us. So thanks for that advice again, Jeremy. Glad to help, and uh, thanks for having me back. Yeah. Uh for sure. Appreciate it. Let's talk about uh, workplace injuries. Obviously, we hope that no one has to deal with this, but a lot of people do, right, Jeremy? I mean, whether it's a minor thing or a major thing, workplace injuries are something that occur.
2: Workplace injuries happen all the time. Okay, whether it's your fault, somebody else's fault, uh, people happen to get injured on the job on a day to day basis. So if there are ways to protect yourself and things that you should and should not do after you get hurt,
0: I do have a question. You just mentioned that whether it's your fault or not. Does that, as you go through maybe getting compensation for those sorts of things, uh, whether it's within work or outside and into the into the civil litigation world, does fault matter if it's something that happens in the workplace, or does it depend?
2: In a in a workers' comp case, it does not typically depend. Okay, mm-hmm. uh, there is no fault workers' comp insurance. Okay, In a third-party case, a negligence case where you're suing somebody else, your fault definitely depends, and that's what's called comparative fault or contributory fault.
0: So it just depends on which
2: avenue it's being litigated? If you're on the job and you get hurt, it doesn't matter if it's your fault. Okay. okay if you are, a, If you're in the course of your employment and you get hurt, you are entitled to workers' compensation benefits. If you are on the job and you get hurt and you are looking to sue somebody else, for what happened aside from your employer, then your fault does matter.
0: Okay, that's good to know, because I think a lot of people, they do something at work that was, uh, you know, maybe they they weren't following all the instructions, they get hurt, they don't say anything because they're afraid either to admit it, or they're afraid that nothing's going to happen in terms of getting compensation. Do you hear from people like that?
2: Absolutely. You know, people are nervous sometimes thinking that they made an error, but it's the nature of the employment that increased the likelihood that you get hurt. And that is why there is workers' compensation, okay? There are inherent risks to certain jobs. And even if you made a mistake, you weren't looking the right way, okay? You are still entitled to benefits by nature of your employment.
0: Now, when something happens, I feel like a lot of times... Uh, and I'm just trying to because here at WGN, I don't get in many or, uh, workplace injuries. I will say I have a very fairly cushy job here. Maybe my ergonomic chair could be maybe. a little yeah, a couple paper cuts maybe. And even then I don't even use paper that much anymore. Uh, but there are people that maybe feel something and they say eh, it's not that bad. It's going to be okay, and they try and either power through it and assume that it's not going to you know end up being a, a big injury. That, that's not the right approach to take, right, Jeremy? If something happens, even if you have any doubt, check it out, right? That is the most common
2: problem that people create for themselves, is that there is a uh, a pulled back, a strained knee, okay? You feel a little tweak in your shoulder or something, and you think, all right, I'm going to be okay. Let me take a break for a minute. Okay, You don't report it to anybody. You don't want to make a big hubbub about it, okay? And then you continue working, and it gets worse. OK, the most important thing to do is when there is a problem, regardless of how severe or not severe it is, is to report it to your employer.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And what okay, form is that? Is that HR or a boss or who it's legally, uh, legally obligated to talk to? You know,
2: it, it, it doesn't matter. Okay. OK, if you got if you're a, a laborer on a construction site, you want to tell your foreman. OK, if it's on a, a warehouse, you want to tell your supervisor. If you're a, a driver, you want to call dispatch. OK, you just need to report it to your supervisor, either orally by calling them or written, whether it's a text, whether it's an email. Um, you always want to document, hey, this just happened. I am now feeling this just so that it's documented and it protects you in case something happens or it gets worse.
0: So I know you said there verbally or write it down, but you I, it seems to see that you're leaning towards even if you say something be like, hey, I'm going to follow up with a real quick email just so we have some documentation of this. I would always do it in writing if possible. Short, uh, direct to the point, hey, I was on the job.
2: This is what happened. I'm feeling pain here. Um, just so that it's documented, they can't say that you didn't say it. Okay. Uh, workers comp, you have a uh, an obligation to report injuries, uh, in most cases, within 45 days. Uh, so uh, you want to document it so that there is no argument on that giving notice.
0: And then that 45-day thing, when we go back to what we were talking about, a, a nagging injury that maybe lingers, it, it, let's say it lingers for three or four months, and then you want to report it, is it from the moment the pain started or where the incident happened? Is that what that 45-day window entails? Uh, again, the, the, that's where the law comes
2: in, but eliminate the issue. Report it right away, uh, and that that prong of workers' comp is covered. Okay, If there's any little thing... It's just best to give notice so that people are aware of it and you are protected.
0: Is workers' compensation handled within a company, meaning that they have their own policy for how much you might get, how much time off you may get, or is it a state or federal regulation of what the what the minimum standards are? What do we look at for workers' compensation? Well, workers' comp itself is is provided
2: by an insurance company um, for the employer. Okay, the Workers' Compensation Act is uh, a legislatively made act, okay, that's governed by, uh, you know, the the, the legislature. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it dictates the, the laws and the benefits that are available. But typically, if somebody is injured on the job, the person they are against or the person they are trying to get money from is their employer's insurance company.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And I think that's an important note, too. I think people sometimes... Are loyal to their company and they feel like, hey, this little thing is nagging. I'm going to end up costing my company. I'm going to send them in the hole. No, it's the insurance that's going to pay for this anyways, right?
2: It is. It is. All employers are required to have workers' comp insurance. It's actually a felony if you do not. Um, so for, for all of the companies that people are working at, they have to have this coverage. And this coverage exists just to provide it in case somebody gets hurt so it's no it's no detriment to the employer um and it's a benefit that you've been paying for and that you've been participating in uh, throughout your employment, so you're entitled to get it
0: Eight four seven wants to know what about if it's something that happens over time, like a repetitive type injury great question
2: yeah there there are repetitive type injuries you know uh, um, like a carpal tunnel thing, okay, so a lot of people maybe who uh, do typing or uh, sledgehammers or repetitive type motions. And those injuries also um, are compensable. Um, sometimes those are a little bit more difficult to prove. Mm-hmm. Okay, and the timing of that is a little different. Um, sometimes you have something and you're not really sure that it, be, that it was from your employment. Um, and it's really uh, the time period for that is when you knew or should have known that it arose from the repetitive nature of your injury or the repetitive nature of your employment.
0: 312 981 If you got any questions, love to get some answers on some of your questions as well. And that was a great one from the 847. At what point do you go to a doctor? I mean, is that, I mean, after you document it, and if it obviously it depends on what the injury is, of course, but should you, regardless, even if it is a little pain, all right, I've documented it with the foreman, with the boss, now I need to get a medical professional to, to look at this.
2: And there are a variety of things that you want to do when an accident happens, okay? Uh, first and foremost, if possible, you would like to take pictures of the area. If it's a hole that you happen to trip in on the job site, take a picture. If it's a broken sidewalk, take a picture. If you're in a car accident, try and document the damage, of the area, the scene of the accident. A lot of people trip and slip on some sort of a wet spot uh, on a job site or at a department store or something. Those are all things that if you can document, they become very helpful later on for sure. Um, you want to you want to get the names of any witnesses, okay? Any coworkers that are there, any of the other uh, innocent bystanders. It's a very common thing where somebody gets the name of somebody and then they come to me and I'm able to call that witness later on and people have this inherent desire to want to help. Um, and you know, somebody sees something that's wrong and you ask them about it, they have no problem saying what happened. Okay, so those are things that you want to do for sure. Um, and, and then, if your problem is something that requires medical treatment, you definitely don't want to delay. Um, it's important to get medical treatment right away. It's important to explain to your doctor that this was a work-related injury, and it's important to give a little, a little direct.
0: Uh, synopsis of how the accident happened right so that it's documented in the records well we're getting a lot of great texts and questions and calls jane i want you to hang on the line okay we got to take a news break jeremy we'll chat more on the other side of it okay thanks john traplaw.com, T-R-A-P-P-Law.com, T-R-A-P-P-law.com uh, to reach Jeremy and all the great folks over at Trap and Geller. Time for the news here on WGN. Let's get legal powered by the Illinois State Bar Association. John Hanson here, as you heard there, will take you till two o'clock today instead of three o'clock. We're talking about workplace injuries, workplace comp. We got Jeremy Geller from Trap and Geller on the line. And, uh, Jeremy, how do you prefer people reach out to you? Traplaw.com, is that the best place to start?
2: Traplaw.com. You could email me at jeremy at traplaw.com I'm always available.
0: Okay. That's good to know. Um, we got a couple questions on the text line, and then we'll get to Jane on the phone. Uh, if you reported a repetitive injury but then left the job for another, how does that work? Can you still get workers' comp from a previous job? Uh, you can. It's Where the injury occurs is where the comp case would be filed against that employer. Okay. Does an employer's premium go up when they have a claim against their workers' compensation? Depending on
2: the insurance company, that's a possibility, depending on the type of of policy they have.
0: I wouldn't let that factor into anyone's decision, though. That's not really your call.
2: That shouldn't be something that goes into consideration of whether or not you file a workers' comp claim.
0: Right. If you're hurt, you're hurt. Like I, 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 I love employer loyalty more than anything, right? Uh, but <laughs> if you are hurt on your job, you deserve your compensation. All right, let's go to Jane here. Hey, Jane, you're on WGN. Hi, how are you? Good. What's your question today?
2: Well, my husband was injured on the job. He did report it. He's going through therapy, work comp is covering it. But there's a possibility that he may not ever completely recover from this injury. Oh. Is there, I mean, it's not a severe injury, but there's a possibility he may not completely Heal from it. Uh-huh. Is there a, a compensation for that, or is it just the work comp paying the bills and that's it?
0: Uh, what do you think, Jeremy? Uh,
2: yes, there, there is definitely compensation for that. There are three main benefits to workers' comp. Okay, the first benefit is that when your husband is unable to work, okay, he gets well. He is key. working. Oh, okay, well, if he if he wasn't able to work, okay, for an extended period of time. He gets TTD, which is temporary total disability. Okay, you are temporarily totally disabled with respect to your ability to work. When that happens, you get 66% of your average weekly wage. Okay, when people say, Oh, I'm getting my check, that's the check that they're talking about. Okay. okay. The second benefit is that workers comp needs to pay all of his medical expenses. Okay. Sometimes there's a dispute whether or not it's related or whether they think the treatment is necessary, and we sometimes go to court over those types of issues. Okay, but that's the second benefit is the medical expense. The third benefit, okay, which is what you're asking about, is that when all of the medical treatment is done, okay, and the doctors say that he has reached MMI, maximum medical improvement, meaning that in their opinion, there's no other treatment that they can do and that whatever your husband is at, at that point in time, okay, he is entitled to a lump sum settlement for his PPD, his permanent partial disability. Okay, and that is where a lawyer comes in and tries to help maximize that recovery for you.
0: Does that make sense, Jane? Okay. Yes,
2: yeah, it does.
1: Thank you very much. I appreciate
0: it. Yeah, for sure. Boy, yeah. you laid that out well, Jeremy. It's like you know what you're talking about. I do my best. <laughs> 312-981-7200. This from the 708. If you're a contracted employee or not an employee, you're a contractor, are are you entitled to any workers' compensation? You know,
2: technically if you're an independent
0: contractor, okay, you do not get workers' comp. Some
2: people can uh, get comp for themselves through for through their own employment, okay? But if you are a independent contractor and you get hurt on the job, your case would not be as an employee, but your case would be a third-party case against that contractor where you got hurt. Okay, so many people hold themselves out as independent contractors, 1099 employees, mm-hmm. and they do work for you know a construction site or somebody's home or whatever it is, um, and they are not given workers' comp, but something happens, some condition on the premises, some condition of the job site causes an injury to them. Okay, rather than have workers' comp, they can sue that person, that entity, that other company in a third-party case, a negligence case.
0: Okay, and that's one of the ones, as we talked about at the beginning, where fault would play a role in that case.
2: Correct, correct. Those third-party cases, okay, offer different benefits Mm -hmm. than workers' comp. In third-party cases, okay, you get money or you can claim money for pain and suffering, you do not get money for your pain and suffering, for your uh, the aggravation of the process, if you will, in workers' comp. But in a third-party case, okay, you can get money through for uh, for your pain and suffering.
0: And workers' comp cases can then can also elevate the third-party cases. True or no? Is it one way or the other? Uh, uh, in, in Illinois, if you are suing, if you are making a claim against your employer, it is
2: called the exclusive remedy. Okay, you cannot sue your employer in a third party. Okay. Okay. You can only have a worker's comp case. Okay. But if you are on the job, okay, and you get injured on the job, you have a worker's comp case. But if there is some other entity that may also be responsible, you can have a companion third party case. Okay. The classic example is a delivery driver, a guy who is delivering for UPS. He gets rear ended by a truck. Okay. He's on the job. For UPS, so he has all the benefits that we just talked about. Then he can have a case against the truck. Right. Okay, separate and distinct from workers' comp. And the two go hand in hand.
0: I actually think we might have an example of this. I could be wrong. Online four. Hey, Scott, how are you doing? I'm good. How are you today? Good. What's your question? So, my question is let's say I work for a company that has
2: customers, Walmart, work on the Metro train, so and so. And let's say I get hurt by an angry customer. What liability is my does my company have
0: for that? Oh, that's a great question, Jeremy. Uh,
2: Your company, if you're on the job when you get hurt, has workers Uh comp. Okay, that would be the benefit that they provide to you. The third party element there would be trying to go against the angry customer. Okay, which is Uh candidly a very difficult thing. Sometimes the uh, customer's
3: homeowner's policy might provide coverage against them,
2: Mm -hmm. Um, but. It's sometimes Uh, difficult in that concept to go after somebody individually. So uh, that just posed another question to me. So would my uh, employer provide me with a lawyer in that situation, or would that be something I'd have to do on my own? Uh, Your employer typically would not provide you with a lawyer to go after them or somebody else. No, you'd want to consult uh, on your own independent. Gotcha.
0: Gotcha. Great question, Scott. Yeah. Great questions. Three one two nine eight one seventy two hundred. if you've got them. Uh, and 630 wanted to ask, does workers comp ever cover mental stress as it relates to the job? Or is that what you're talking about with that third party? They're able to work that in. You know,
2: it depends on the circumstances. If you're claiming that just the, the general nature of your job causes you stress, no. Um, but if there is some specific element of your job that increases the likelihood that you will experience stress or experience depression um uh, again uh, a bit more difficult claim to to make um but can be proven all right uh, depending on how things are phrased in the
0: uh, the medical records or what the records say uh, and the the conditions of your job all right jeremy Geller, can you hang on a little bit longer for us Sure. All right, that's yeah. great. I'm going to put you on hold right now. 312-981-7200 is our phone number if you've got any questions. Traplaw.com. That's T-R-A-P-P, an extra P in there. Uh, Traplaw.com, best place to start uh, information and uh, get Jeremy on your side talking about workplace injuries on Let's Get Legal, powered by the Illinois State Bar Association. Jeremy, you ready for a couple more questions?
1: Absolutely, John.
0: All right, let's go to Terry first. Hey, Terry. Hi. Hey,
1: Jeremy, I got a question for you. Uh, about four years ago, I hurt my back. I was working as a nurse at a hospital, and I injured my back lifting a patient. And uh, it was pretty bad. The next morning, I could not get out of bed. So I called in and said, I can't come to work, but my back's injured. And they said, well, if you can't come, you're fired. Whoa. And uh, Yeah, I know. I know. It was that quick. Well, he apparently talked to HR and reconsidered two <laughs> days later. Uh, so anyway, I ended up getting an attorney and I got a bad one. He wouldn't communicate with me at one point after four months of no calls and nothing. I just called him and said, Hey, look, if you don't want the case, you know, I'll move on. And he says, no, I got the case now and you can't do anything about it. Whoa! If you move on, I'm still going to take, you know, my money out of you. And I was like, and he just kept threatening. He was just a bad lawyer. But, uh, in the end after 10 months or so, He called me and said, "There's a check coming to you for ten grand." And I said, "Well, what happened?" And he said, "There's a check coming to you for ten grand." I said, "Was this a lawsuit, a settlement? What happened? How much total did uh, we get, or what happened?" And he just said, "There's a check coming to you for ten grand." And you never found out what it was for. I never found out. Did he get forty grand and keep thirty himself? Whoa, that's strange. I have no way of checking. He yeah. won't tell me anything. Jeremy, <laughs> sounds like you know, a malpractice
0: lawsuit against a lawyer. What, Jeremy? That's that's an odd one. Yeah,
2: that's a, an unfortunate situation. Everything about that is incorrect and unprofessional. Um, you know, your case is your case. Okay, you dictate how the case goes. You dictate if the case settles. Obviously, your attorney should guide you and explain things along the way. But reality is, is that to settle a worker's comp case, there needs to be a contract, uh, approved by the, the commission by the judge or the arbitrator that you as the employee need to sign off on. Um, and it explains the total settlement. It explains the attorney's fees, it explains if there's any other costs and it explains to the penny how much you're supposed to get. So all of the things that you experienced, uh, are not by the book and I'm sorry that it happened. Uh,
0: wouldn't Shouldn't happen it wouldn't happen at Trapp and Geller I'll tell you that much that
2: that is true it would not happen with me what's, my,
1: what's my course of action then does he have any germ a malpractice uh, yeah. there are a
2: variety of courses of action to that I would certainly call that attorney and try and get a better explanation uh, and then you know maybe consult with another attorney about what your options are there
0: yeah thanks terry okay. uh, i'm sorry that happened to thank you. you and jeremy thanks for answering no. I, know, I don't want to put you on the spot too much we can always uh you can always follow up with me later jeremy i can get the information to terry too uh one more call let's go to elliot elliot we got about a minute here so let's uh, get that question for him
3: all right thank you very much uh we had an incident we live in a condominium uh there was uh some gas exposure some people were overcome the fire department responded the police department responded uh, some of the first responders had to get checked out. Uh, about a year later, we're hit, along with the company that did some work on the heater for the pool, we're hit with a with a lawsuit. Uh, the insurance company that covered the first responders is trying to go after the... Uh, uh, the, the Homeowners Association? Uh, yeah, the Homeowners Association.
0: Is, is that a common uh, practice? Interesting. Jeremy, you hear that before? Yes. Yeah. That is what
2: we were talking about earlier about that third-party case, okay? The, the first responders injured on the job, you know, there's different types of uh, workers' comp rules for, for police officers and, and firemen. But if they are injured on the job as a result of maybe the condo association's negligence in the way that they maintained uh, the, the heaters or whatever was producing the gas, That is where that case comes in. And sometimes uh, the workers' comp carrier uh, tried to get their money back from some third-party entity. Ah. It could be that it's workers' comp. It could be that there's an attorney representing those people making that third-party negligence claim the same way.
0: And are they trying to pass that cost on to you then, Elliot, to to fight it?
3: It, Absolutely. absolutely. Uh, The company that, that did the faulty work, they had to come up with some money. We had to come up with six thousand dollars. but I spent thirty I spent thirty one years as a policeman myself. I never heard of such a thing where you're responding to a legitimate call to pay taxes there, and subsequently now the insurance company that carries the, the workman's comp Wow is gonna hit us with a suit.
0: Oh, Elliot, that I'm closer to me. Yeah, I'm sorry to have it, to you, Elliot, okay? All right, thanks. Yeah, take care. All right, Jeremy, we got some great questions. We got more coming up, but we're out of time. We're gonna have, to have you on again soon and do this again, okay?
2: John, it was a good time. I appreciate you having me. Thank
0: you. Yeah, and I think that we've struck a a nerve, (laughs) probably a poor choice of words, Uh, but I think that there are a lot of people that are dealing with this sort of stuff. So, Jeremy Geller, remind people again where they can go to get more information from you on what you do. My website is traplaw.com,
2: T-R-A-P-P-Law.com. You can email me at jeremy at traplaw.com. My direct phone number, 312-269-1329. Call me anytime. 312-269-1329,
0: right? You got it. All right, Jeremy, have a good one, okay? John, be well, thanks. Yeah, all right, we're going to take a quick break, then we're going to try to get an answer to the question of the day, which was local jurisdictions prosecuted these crimes, but until 1963, it wasn't a federal crime to do this let's hope we get an answer after this a minute and 10 seconds left let's try and get an answer to the question of the day local jurisdictions local jurisdictions did prosecute these crimes and until 1963 it was not a federal crime to do what really quickly patty what's your guess patty rob a bank that became a federal crime in 1934 but a great guess patty thanks for holding on so long. let's go to austin hey austin what's your guess assassinating a U.S. president. In 1963, when John F. Kennedy became the fourth president to be assassinated, you might remember it was Dallas police that were leading the initial investigation because at the time it was not a federal crime to assassinate the president of the United States. Instead, it was handled like any other murder in a local jurisdiction. Congress immediately took action on that, changed the law, and made it a federal crime. Austin, you win the prize. Congratulations. Well, thank you. Hang on the line. Good job there. He's going to get a $50 gift card to the 5050 restaurant group to be used at any of their 14 fantastic establishments all over Chicago, including Roots Pizza and Westtown Bakery. I love when we get an answer at the end.